Good evening, NASCAR fans, and welcome to another edition of the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in tonight's guest, please subscribe, like, and share the Smoky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We can see all my content. PGA Championship next week. Hopefully, we'll have some content for that. NFL schedule releases this week, so you know there'll be something on that. Also, so appearing on the Smoky Spectrum Sports YouTube page, you can also check out the Big D Podcast on Spotify and Apple. So joining us from the Arctic, a.k.a. Wisconsin, is my uh, NASCAR friend, Fantasy Bosco. Bosco, uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, but uh, to, I apologize for asking this question, but uh, how freezing is it up there? Man, I can't complain. The last two days have been like warm. Like we, uh, a storm came through it, like warmed up humidity wise yesterday. Today, we actually had to turn on the AC. They're calling for 92 degrees on Thursday. Holy for crap. us, that like, yeah, that that's crazy for me. We're talking like record stuff for May. And just last week, man, I, I couldn't shake the cold. I, I was golfing in thermals a week and a half ago. So we'll, we'll take this heat wave. At least I will. I, I'm envious of your hot weather. I know it gets hot down there in July, but I, I will gladly take it, man. I I can't do this cold anymore, bro. Just saying. Hey, I mean, you won't be the only one moving the floor in that case because it seems like <laughs> everybody's moving here. I hear that. Yeah, so uh, Fantasy Bosco is a uh, writer for FantasyGuru.com, and uh, we'll hear the recap Sunday's Goodyear 400 at Darlington Raceway, which produced an exciting, controversial, and crazy finish as always. <laughs> Going into uh, going into lap two ninety two, William Byron led Joey Logano by a half sec by a few tenths, and then coming off turn two down the back, Joey Logano, as he has done once or twice throughout his career, shoved William Byron basically the murder beach. Byron's call hits the wall. Logano continues and won the race, and Byron finished thirteenth. So, uh, Bosco. I want your view on uh, what you thought at the incident because a lot of people look into what Byron did, crowding the Ghana, forcing him to hit the wall, and then the Ghana returning the favor or maybe going over the limit. Do you think, A, do you believe that William Byron maybe stepped over his bounds on the final restart and Joey repaid the favor? Or do you think Joey Logano decided William Byron is not winning this race come hell high water? See, a little bit of both. I mean, I don't know if I'd say Byron's overstepped the bounds, crowding Joey and getting him in the wall, right? Some of that's hard racing. At the same time, I am a firm believer of the Mark Martin school of thought, which is, I'm going to race you how you race me. If you're not going to give me any room, why should I give you room? But I think at that point in time, after Joey felt like he got crowded, right or wrong, you know, they don't get to see the replays in the car. I mean, I, I know I was guilty when I raced go-karts that, you know, I don't know what was going around. If a guy shoved me or cut me off, I remembered that. And yeah, if I was in position to, to repay the favor or win or do whatever it took to get by him, I'm doing the same thing. And I, I do think, you kind of summed up perfectly there at that second spot where Joey did already determined he was going to win that race and not Byron, no matter what. And, and I'll be frank. I didn't realize that Byron slid all the way back. I knew we got wiggly like that. And I kind of just 
tuned out the rest at the back of the field at that point. I didn't realize he slid all the, all the way back to 13th. Yeah, unlucky 13th for William Byron. Yeah. Especially with how it, with how it looked like it was going. But to me, I think the end of the race showed Joey Logano's aggressive style. We've seen Joey Logano be aggressive. To, uh, what was it? 20, 2012, 2013 in California. Logano and Denny Hamlin got together. Hamlin yep. hit the wall and ended up breaking his back. Uh, 2015 at, at Kansas at Morningsville with Logano and Matt Kenseth. Logano you could say in, intentionally or unintentionally wrecked Matt Kenseth ending his playoff hopes. And then Couple races later, morning, so Kenson returned the favor and wrecked Logano of the players. Uh, 2018 at Morningsville, when Logano yep. and Truex got together, when Truex passed him clean and Logano roughed him, Logano won the race and ended up being and ended up winning the championship that year. And I didn't even think this year at uh, uh, 2016 championship race and Homestead, even though some people would argue Cole Edwards. May have blocked on that ult- on that crazy result when Logano and Edwards got together. Logano got alongside and tried passing Paul, and Edwards ended up hitting the wall, and his national career ended. It's, I think Joe, Joey Logano is in a not one of the most aggressive drivers in NASCAR, maybe the most aggressive driver. And Joey Logano does not care what you think about him. I don't. He's not out to make friends. Joey Logano's out to win races, and he had not won a race since the first Bristol Dirt race in 20, last year, and not won an over race since Kansas in 2020. So guess what? Joey Logano's patience clock is running low. Joey Logano's question is running an all-time high, and he knows after what happened at Dover the week before, I've got to repay myself and my team. And it didn't matter. I don't think it would have mattered if it would have been William Byron, Brad Kay, or Ryan Blaine. Joey Logano would have – I think Joey Logano would have done something. I'm not sure he would have shoved Byron to Myrtle Beach or not, but he would have roughed up the the leader. You know, that's a fair point. And to your point about his aggressiveness, Tony Stewart called him out on it early in his career. I believe Jeff Gordon called him out on it early in his career. I think Harvick called him out on it early in his career. I mean, he, to your point, he hasn't made friends. And I do think that sometimes because of how he handles himself in interviews, I think you make a very valid point that Joey's probably way more aggressive than Kyle Busch. But I tell you what, try convincing the large fandom of that. I think you, I, yeah, because I mean, I don't, I don't remember Joey Logano winning any NASCAR most popular drivers. I remember Dale Jr. or Chase Elliott winning recently. When I would go to Charlotte every year, I would sometimes I was I sometimes would be out cleaning up from grilling or whatever and miss driver intros because you know when you go all the time, sometimes you know getting to driver intros isn't first priority, right? So I would listen for the boos and the cheers, and I would try to predict who it was. And I remember the one the last couple of years I went, I remember going, ooh, Joey's getting up there in the boos. I'm kind of curious to hear Kyle. And it was closer than you would have thought between the two of them. 
Yeah, but I don't remember Kyle Busch roughing up a lot of guys recently. It's been he doesn't. I think he I doesn't. Think, I think to be honest, I think Kyle Busch is just annoyed anytime he wrecks because, like last year at Dalton, we know what happened where he was fine at the cones, fifty grand point in the cones, and then was what happened on Sunday. But he's not ruffling up a lot of feathers. Usually it's Joey, but uh, no. But Kyle's like the most hated guy. That's what I find funny. To your point is. I think you're right. Joey is probably the most aggressive driver out there. You could at least make the argument for it. And if you took a poll of the average fan, I bet you the first two names that come to mind are Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch. That's interesting. People would say Hamlin because to me, yeah, Denny Hamlin's aggressive, but he's not going to, but I don't think, I don't feel, I think Denny will race you clean. I mean, he didn't race Chase. I would agree. 2017 but that's a story for another day but uh, no I, I would agree I just think just my opinion based on some of the things I hear people say I, I will say this Ross Chastain is not doing himself any favors right now except in the watermelon game but uh we'll talk about Ross in a little bit but uh do you think if William Byron and Joey Logano all racing for another win sometime this year you know, race car drivers have got long memories. Do you think Byron may think, hmm, he took, he calls oh, me sure. a chance at a win? Do you think oh. we might end up uh, going for a ride? Uh, absolutely. I, 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 I would argue that we may see if, if somewhere, say, two thirds through the season, he's not in a similar position but he's near Joey on the track and say a top five or a top 10 spot. I think you'll see it then. I, I think at this point, my opinion, if William Byron wants to gain some respect in the garage and in the fan base after whining and saying the words he said, he better back it up a little bit on the track. And personally, if I'm him, I'm hoping there's a chance where Joey's in front of me with a lap to go. And I don't care what track is it's at. And yeah, I would, I, I think he's got to, I would, I guess I would be shocked if he did. Hey, you know what? I, you know what? After the race, I wanted to see William Byron's mother fight Joey Logano's father because mom's going to win that fight. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I think mom, especially if it being on Mother's Day, mom's going to win that fight. <laughs> and you know what? It wouldn't have been Joey Logano's first fight either. Or maybe his team's first fight. (laughs) There's been a couple. You know, to your point, there's been quite a few of those, too. I hadn't really thought about that, but there has, Joe. The more we talk about and bring up some of the past, the more I go, man, he really is kind of a jerk (laughs) on the track anyway. So, um, third of the way through the year right now who who's looking the best right now because to me i think there are a couple guys looking well obviously chase elliott's looking really well despite only winning one time so consistent i think he's got uh, nine top tens and uh if you look at that 11 of his 12 finishes have been 14 for better and the one time he didn't he, fin- he got a bad finish, was California, and we know what happened with Kyle Lawson and Chase got together on a restart. Right. So uh, uh, 
to answer your question, I think you've got to look at the whole Hendrick team as a whole, right? Because at this point, they're all going to make the playoffs. To me, it's who's going to get the hottest. To your point, Chase has been the most consistent. He's also been the slowest. Historically, or I mean, so far this year, at each track we've gone to, he's been one of the slower. Like this week's not a good example because they wrecked. But there's a couple of times where he's been the fourth or third guy as far as qualifying speed goes or practicing is usually in practice. They're all right. Yet Kyle Larson, for example, who just couldn't get out of his, I mean, he just was on a rail last year and I know it's a new car. It just feels like if he gets a little better handle of this car, if chase starts rattling off wins, if Byron kind of hits, hits the ground rolling here, um, Bowman's going to be consistent too, but I, I guess I feel like those are the three that I feel like are the most talented shoes in the camp, and, and those cars are there. I also don't want to sleep on Joe Gibbs. I, I feel like we're on the verge of Kyle Busch kind of going on a tear. I, I He's been decently fast. The teams, both teams are kind of coming around and getting faster. Truex is just, again, there's another one where it wouldn't surprise me if he and Rodney Childers just kind of hit on a little something and go on a roll. But in my opinion, I, I, I think it's them. I mean, we can't ignore the Penske guys. Maybe we should be talking more about track house. I mean, two cars constantly running fast. I mean, Chastain's been up there every race. I mean, he, he he was his own worst enemy this week, but he was on his way to another top five. I mean, I would, I'm glad you mentioned Ross Chastain because he is a Southwest Florida guy from Alpha. I mean, two wins. He won Coda, Circuit of the Americas, and then Talladega. But if you look at his other finishes, third at Vegas, second in Phoenix, second in Atlanta, Fifth in Morrisville, third in Dover. Yeah, he wrecked at Darlington, but he won stage two, was running third when he spun out. And to me, it's not just finishing, but finishing well on tough tracks because you think Vegas is a playoff track. Phoenix is right. a playoff track. Yep. Morrisville is a playoff track. We all know how difficult Dover is. And Darlington's going to be the first playoff track on Labor Day weekend. And maybe the most difficult track we go to, period. Oh, uh, yeah. Dover and Dalton might be one and one eight. No. And, and the thing is, is while we're talking about rap, Ross, the second car has basically been top 10 speed at most tracks. Yeah, Daniel Swallow has been really good, too. Maybe one or two mistakes. But, I mean, I would argue track house race has been the biggest surprise. It seems like. Oh, for sure. It seems like this call had just thrown everything out the window because nobody's gotten a firm picture on it. You've got a small window of practice and qualifying, and it's just basically maybe not guesswork, but like a little bit of luck, like who has to set up well every week, who's got the right balance of short run, long run, and speed. And Trackhouse has got well. Plus, we know Rochette. This call favors a young, aggressive driver. It does. It does. And Ross Chastain is not an aggressive driver, a very aggressive driver. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, th this car is supposed to be similar to what we've seen in Xfinity, right? That was kind of the plan beyond it. And if you look at all the young guys we're talking about, Byron, uh, Chastain, we haven't mentioned Bell yet. Um, and But the, the fact of the matter is, 
all those guys have shown speed, you know, and you know, the other thing about this car is the way it's put together. It's also very limited on what you can even do and test with it, you know? So who, who's struggling in 2022, in your opinion? Uh, there are a couple guys who I feel like are a little bit snake in this year, but these ones got to be Brad K. I mean, Brad, you know, I didn't realize this until I looked up the stats. Guess how many top tens Brad K's got this year? I'm going to go with zero. One. One? Oh, Daytona, right? Yep. Ninth. Ninth. Yep. I'm going to say he did run well at Daytona and had that finish. And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? That team is so far behind. Well, well, now he can't can't blame his equipment because that's technically his equipment now. But to me, I think part of the problem with Brad Keselowski is unlike Ross Chastain being a being a young guy. This call does not favor an old veteran driver like Brad K, who's used to a call with maybe more downforce. This call favors the young guy. I'm not sure Brad K's driving style fits this call. Plus, I think Penske was a really good call last year. I feel like Rouch. The last couple of years is like a notch or two below what Penske was. I think you're being generous if you say a notch or two. I, I would argue that we we should be considering them maybe at colleague level, if not lower. I mean, just the speed they if you look at the drivers that had been there and then gone elsewhere, I mean. The sad thing is, is to your point, there's got to be some of it to Brad because Busher has been okay at times. Yeah, Busher has shown some speed at times. Yeah, Busher won the pole and ran well at Dover. Right, right. And correct me if I'm wrong, they, they are still teammates, right? The 6 and 17 are teammates still? Correct. Okay. So, you know, you got to wonder what Brad's doing. I mean, you would hope this car would have leveled the field a little bit for him. But like you said, Brad specifically, and I think you're right about the driving style. I mean, and, and about the veteran guys, if we look at all, it's taken Mark Truex a few races to get under his belt and, and, and show some speed again. And I would argue Rodney Childers is one of the best crew chiefs in all the garage. Um, Hamlin has really struggled for a major part of the year, right? Um, Kyle Busch, who... If you ask me, I think is the most talented between him and Kyle Larson are the two most talented drivers in the entire garage. And both of them have, I mean, while Hendrick has been good, Kyle Larson has been kind of a letdown compared to last year, for example, you know? So, you know, I think you're, you're quite onto something about this. This car really doesn't fit Brad's style. And, and it's kind of disappointing because Brad was successful in trucks and he was successful in Xfinity, you know, or, or maybe is there too much on his plate? You know, we haven't talked about that. Is, is, is it the fact that maybe he's split and rolls so much and he's not quite focused on the driving like he used to be? I mean, granted, there's no practice to your point, but I, something's not clicking that obviously is clicking on the 17. Well, I mean, it's not her. Well, being an owner driver, it's not hurting Denny Hamlin. But again, I feel like Denny Hamlin is more in the prime. Plus, Gibbs is like 101A, while Rouch is. Probably a C, a C team. Right, right. I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. 
So um, obviously the big change this year is the next gen call. We've seen it now on all kinds of tracks. Uh, Daytona, Talladega, Atlanta, road course, short track, Dover, Dover whatever you call whatever A-shaped Dalton is. What do you think about the next gen call? Do you feel like that? I've, because to me, with this call, I feel like this call is far more difficult to drive. If you lose control of it, there's no catching. If you lose control of this call, I mean, Kyle Lawson has spun out the last couple of weeks. Kyle Lawson with more call control than any driver I've seen since Jimmy Johnson in his prime. Or Tony Stewart. I would... um. I would agree with that. I am very torn on this car. You know, your earlier point about the limited practice, the limited stuff we can do on the car, you know, small team like track house coming out of nowhere. I mean, let's be honest, Ganassi never really showed a ton of speed. It was always kind of a, maybe not a C level team, but lower B level team. You know, a win was kind of a big deal, you know, making the chase each year. Yeah, maybe, you know, or the playoffs. My, my problem with the car is this. I love that it has brought a little more parity. What I feel like, though, is whether I feel like they worked very hard to get rid of the arrow push. Yet we talked about arrow push at like Martinsville and the dirt, like places where we we historically never would have. Right. Dover being so difficult to pass where Dover Dover was always a difficult track, but you could pick a couple of different ways to cut that corner and that angle and, and pass. You never really heard drivers say it was tough to pass. I mean, it was difficult, but I mean, you never heard really drivers complain about that. I feel like this car has taken the best tracks we have for racing that we've had, no matter the type of car we've had and made it blah. And all the tracks that we've always had the years of boring races at, for lack of a better term, I'll call them the cookie cutters is now making that more exciting. I, I fear and this is what I didn't like about Atlanta is that NASCAR would really prefer to have pack racing about everywhere. And I think this car is good for that. I mean, we saw that Atlanta Daytona in all fairness, that the pack races were really good shows. We didn't really have the nastiest big ones at all of them. Like we have typically seen the Vegas race was definitely more intriguing than what we've seen in the past, but how is Martinsville? Richmond used to be what the the racetrack for excitement or something like that, wasn't the that the, the promo? The action track. Thank you. Martinsville was always one of my favorites, always. And I can't remember the last time I, we've had crappy cars and gone there, and everybody talked about how that was a great race. You know, um, I hate we put dirt on Bristol because I like Bristol as it was. So I'm curious to see what this car does when we go back there. But I'm a little worried it's going to be similar to Dover on a smaller scale, right? I, should we, re do you remember Bristol races where guys didn't have the front ends on their car and could still be fast? <laughs> Just ask Dale Earnhardt, 1990. Right, two laps down. Two laps down with no nose and he came back, right? I mean, Dylan, you tell me, is that too much to ask for to be able to have that back? I mean, be honest, Martinsville was one of this year's Martinsville race was one of the worst races I've ever seen. I mean, there's nothing we could do about the weather. It was cold and the concrete, and I'm not sure. And I'm not sure. Old call, old Gen, gen Four, Gen Five, Gen Two, whatever call you put up there, 
and Morgansville, the tires just didn't see them that he asked for, and it was basically follow the leader, which is exactly what short track racing should not be. But I mean, I'm not sure what's the cause fault. I mean, and the fact that only one legitimate lead change happened, and it happened during a pit stop, just frustrated me. I, you know, you bring up a good point about the cold. Let me ask you because I get I get, get kind of beat on for beating this dead horse. Why do we go to the Appalachian Mountains in early March or mid-March? I, I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I guess if I'm looking at weather and want to, you know, kind of take my best shot. Like when we go to Jamaica, we try not to go in May. Why? Because it's typically rainy part of the early part of the hurricane season. If you go in June and July, it's not as much. There's a discount, but there's a discount because of potential hurricanes. But it's not raining all the time. In May, it rains all the time. So we don't do it. I don't know why you wouldn't want to go to the Appalachian mountains in the middle of summer when it's hot and we're griping about people, you know, being dehydrated at Talladega or being dehydrated at any of these other tracks. Like I do not understand why we insist on going to Bristol and Martinsville. And we do that. Here's the sad thing, Dylan. Is it going to be better weather when we go in the fall? Mm. We're going late October. And Martinsville could be anything. It could be 80 and sunny, or it could be 40 and snowing. Right. I'm going to guess we're going to be looking at 50, 60 degree weather, and we're hoping it's not wet. That's just my guess. I'm hoping it's 70, but not banking on <laughs> And I'm banking on a warm hot dog, but we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so this weekend we head from Darlington to Kansas where uh, the NASCAR drop well the uh, Cup Stars will be taking on the Kansas Speedway for 400 miles on Sunday uh, you, I can't wait to see this race Kansas has been crazy the last few years I mean it it seemed like the car was dominating because Kyle Lawson dominated both races, but uh, Kyle Busch nipped him on a late restart. Why are we Why are we surprised? Because Kyle Kyle Bush, excuse me Kyle Butch nipped him on a late restart. Seems like Kyle Butch has nipped everybody on a restart, and then Kyle. He's really good at. He's really good at those, man. I mean, do you watch the pit entry times too? Oh, because yeah, you he, seem like a guy that. Oh, it amazes me how that guy is consistently the fastest every single week as far as in and out of the pits. Every and, week. It's insane. And unlike Danny Hamlin, he doesn't get a penalty. Right. <laughs> I mean, it. you know, for all the people that want to hate on Kyle Busch, I get you don't like his attitude at times. I get, look, as a guy who has diarrhea of the mouth sometimes and gets in trouble on Twitter and other places, I can't fault a guy for that because I'm just as guilty. But I cannot stand when people just harp on things like that and aren't willing to understand someone that's a student of the sport or the game. Like, those little things make the difference. And to your point right there, Kyle Larson had the fast car, should have been the shoe-in to win. But because of how good he is on in and out of pit stops, because of where they ended up on that last late restart, and because he's so good on restarts, he's, he gets away with the win. I mean, say what you want, but isn't luck – Partly hard work and preparation coming together. Yeah, a little bit of ingenuity and brawn. That's all you need. Good race call, good strategy, get in the right line, beat somebody on a restart, get the check a flag, kiss the babes, and then have a baby this week. 
<laughs> okay, so uh, you think this is where uh, Kyle Lawson, uh, Kansas, where Kyle Lawson reinserts his dominance, or will this crazy season continue? Because I'm confused. I think our best bet to get an idea of how this race will look, we should watch Vegas again. I, th- I think there's enough of the tracks being similar that we can at least get an idea on uh, driver skill. But that was so early in the year, we've seen a lot change with this car in, in how teams have progressed. Hendrick still seems like one of the fastest cars. Everyone is still catching up. You know, to your point, I, as much as I knock on the cookie cutters, Kansas has historically always put on some good shows. I mean, year in, year out, regardless of the car. I, I'm with you. This car is going to bring chaos. Would I be surprised to see Reddick finally pull out a win? No. It would surprise me at all. Um, He's due for winning all those second he is. finishes. And I tell you another guy that I'm going to be watching for this week, and he was he's going to be coming with confidence, is Kyle Busch. I mean, he, he, he is so much on the verge. While he hasn't had the finishes Chase has, he's been kind of running in that same area with him on the track. You know, that third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth area. Uh, I'm having a hard time by Larson, to your point, the dude is having a little bit of issues with this car. We're seeing him spin out a little more than we would like to. So, and Kansas has that tendency coming out of four. I mean, there has been plenty of years where we've seen just calamity four. You know, what was it like three years ago? I don't know if it was the wind was blowing cross or something, but like everybody was complaining about exit on four and being sideways. So, and to your point, you get this car sideways. I don't think you can save it. Not, not like what we're used to seeing anyway. Yeah, and, and uh, first off, and uh, one other thing, Kansas has been a 550-horsepower track. Now it's 670, so it's oh. going gonna, gonna to change things to how this race is. I didn't know. You're going to see tire fall become more of a factor. It's going to be one where, the, where I'm not sure if the guys running the highland will have quite the same advantage. Just throws a monkey wrench into everybody's plans. Did they do the 670 at Vegas? They didn't, did yes. they? Yes, five. They Atlanta, was, Atlanta was the Daytona Talladega package. But oh, that's Vegas right. The Atlanta the, package was all the 550. That's right. They increased them across the board on because the more downforce and the bigger punch in the hole in the air, they gave them the extra horsepower. That's right. I apologize, Dylan. The last two years, the change in packages, I have been – I had them memorized, and now I've got all the numbers twisted up. So my apologies. I've thrown my, I've thrown all my, I've thrown all my rule books down the drain. I'm like, we're just setting our own rule books. You know, I wish NASCAR would allow folks like us to get a copy of the rule book. The NFL does. You could find if you've got like if you've got like five hundred dollars laying around the house, I bet you could find a whole bunch of PDF files. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i should try that i don't know because i have contacted i was willing to buy it and they wouldn't even respond public record request i wonder if you could do that i'm not sure we can discuss the legality of (laughs) i'm not a lawyer so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try to i know a couple lawyers but we're not but we don't have the time or resources for that here so 
Thank you for jumping on Fantasy Bosco, and uh, we wish you well, and um, maybe we'll see you, and uh, hopefully the uh, warm sunshine lasts a bit longer in Wisconsin, because I'm sure you love, because I'm sure you uh, are sick of the uh, 35, uh, sick of the uh, 20 degree highs. <laughs> You're right. And Dylan, I can't thank you enough for inviting me on, man. That I, I feel honored. That was very nice of you. I really, really appreciate it. Um, man, it was a lot of fun to talk NASCAR with you. I, I don't get my uncle suffered a, a bad injury a few years ago. He was kind of my my partner in arm when it came to uh, NASCAR. And so I, I don't have that guy that is as involved or as knowledgeable or more knowledgeable as you are uh, with some of the history here. And this was this was a lot of fun for me, man. And I would do this any anytime you wanted. This was fantastic. Uh, Your you. listeners are lucky to have you leading the show, bro. Thank you. Thank you.